You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. How are families affected by the the ways in which mom and dad serve outside the home? How is their work how does that that shape their family? How does their their family life affect their work? What are the needs, particularly when we're looking at church worker families? A recent study is giving us some insights on those needs and what we can do to respond and how to care for our church worker families. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. You can find out more about them on our website. In the sponsor section, look for Concordia University, Wisconsin. Joining us today to take a look at this uh, this recent study, Professor Ben Freudenberg. Now, Dr. Ben Freudenberg serves as director of the Concordia Center for the Family, the division chair of Family Life Program and professor in Family Life studies at Concordia University Ann Arbor. Ben, welcome back. Well, thanks a lot, Andy. It's great to be here. Glad to have you with us today. And also joining us today, uh, we have Glenn Gritzen, Congregation Family Services Managing Partner and a part of uh, a key part of uh, this study. And so glad to have you with us today, Glenn. Thanks for being our guest. Well, thank you for inviting me. Ben, tell me a little bit about uh, the Concordia Center for the Family and uh, the work that you do. We'll get into the Church Worker Family Needs Survey here in just a little bit. I'd like to learn a little bit more about what each of you do so that uh, then we can get into this survey. Sure. Concordia Center for the Family is located here at Concordia University in Ann Arbor, uh, uh, one of the two campuses of Concordia University. Uh, it's connected to Mequon's campus. Uh, the Concordia Center for the Family is uh, really, it's purpose is to raise the capacity of organizations to help families thrive. And so what we've learned is that uh, if we can help families uh, be everything God wants them to be to different organizations like the church or the university, hospitals, community agencies, uh, actually uh, those next generation people will be uh, blessed by it and Especially in the church, uh, their faith, next generation faith, would uh, would be uh, more secure, more intact, and so uh, that's what we're all about: is trying to help the church, especially, raise the capacity uh, of families to help the next generation be connected to Jesus. Glenn, tell me about your work at Congregation Family Services. Well, our our purpose is really merged with what Ben just talked about. Um, you cannot really begin to address the challenges that are out there until you really know the true look of the households that are part of a parish or, in this case, make up church worker households, um, and know about their lives and giving them an opportunity to speak for themselves as opposed to someone sort of assuming what you believe they, they need or um, basing it on those who just uh, kind of come forward with information as opposed to seeking it from everyone. So the research aspect of family life education and family ministry has been a part of my world for a long time. And uh, I found that it's a helpful way to come alongside uh, churches and organizations uh, to have a clear picture of who they're ministering to and who they're planning to serve in the future. And uh, so uh, that's really our goal, and uh, that's what God's given us a chance and the opportunity of what we get to do. Ben, what prompted this church worker family needs survey? What was what was happening that uh, that prompted this study? 
Well, there's a couple of things. One, um, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and Convention really put it as part of the resolutions to really focus on uh, church worker family health. That was one of the things that really prompted it. And David Mensch, a part of Concordia Plan Services at that time, we, we were talking about this, and I knew that Glenn had done a lot of research on family health, and so we began talking and saying, well, hey, if we could figure out what the needs of our church workers are, then the church could better meet those needs uh, of our church workers through the district care teams that are located in each each district. And so what we discovered was even though those care teams are had been formed, they had no research to base their programming on. And that's where this all started. We began trying to figure out how to best survey our church workers using uh, Glenn's expertise and finding out how best to serve them so they could better serve the church. As I looked through the the information of the Concordia Center for the Family, I came across this in the in the description. The Concordia Center for the Family, in partnership with Family Life Family Needs Survey or FNS and and Concordia Plan Services, wish to gather reliable data on these issues in an anonymous, objective, comprehensive process in order to provide focused solutions and resources that are effective, solid, and needed as a pathway to prevention or recuperative family church worker health. Can, can you elaborate on focused solutions and resources? What is it that we're aiming to do with this survey? Well, one of our first aims was, of course, reliable data. Uh, we wanted to really understand the emotional, relational, mental, and physical needs uh, of our church workers so that we could serve them and that they could serve the church more effectively. The second project aim was we wanted to increase the church worker retention and satisfaction through appropriate prevention and our recuperative care. Um, and then our third aim, and this is probably says it the best, we wanted to be better able to enrich and support church workers and their spouses. So oftentimes when you talk about church worker care, you're talking about the pastor, the teacher, the DCE, the director of family ministry. But we were figuring, we were also very concerned about uh, their spouses and their children. So we wanted to understand uh, the family's needs as well as uh, the, the church workers and especially their marital, parental, and spiritual needs, the problems that they might be facing individually or uh, the problems they face because of the environment in which they live and work. Those are our schools and churches. And the, the whole project was to really uh, be able to support and um, help families so that we would strengthen churches. And so that became the real focus of the, of the project. Glenn, can you tell me more about how the survey uh, was developed? Oh, sure. Um, history goes back to... Uh, 1997, um, Pittsburgh had suddenly had a dramatic transformation when an entire industry uh, shut down. Um, the organization I was with at the time asked how you know, we might be able to help as uh, pastors and church leaders from that area tried to 
figure out how to uh, deal with uh, the sudden challenges that were exposed in families when their, their work life and their finances were solid. Uh, a lot of the things were small. When finances were pulled out from their rug, uh, everything collapsed. And so we initially asked some open-ended questions, realized that that gave us some hints, but realized that we needed to go to a, an objective, anonymous, and comprehensive approach. And so starting in 1999, we've been using this tool to help individual churches or parishes uh, answer these same kinds of questions. And so what we have done is, is we have looked at uh, existing reliable research in terms of constructs, and then we've also built distinctly biblical construct questions of looking at uh, how Christian life and, and Christ-like relationships are supposed to function. And so we assess them with scales that are highly reliable, uh, that are highly valid in terms of uh, assessing truly what is required. But more importantly, we now have many years of pairing um, family life education areas, which deal with uh, knowledge, skills, and attitudes in terms of how they're brought into play as an anticipatory, preparatory way for the transitions of life that are predictable, but also for handling those things that pop up and seem random to us, but in the care ministries that I've been involved with are very common. I mean, there's some of the common themes that we see. So the tool uh, has been built out of the same kind of need that Ben just talked about as we look at church workers. So this uh, this tool was developed initially in 1996, and over the years you've you've find, found ways to to refine this tool to to really get at the getting the information that you want in order to serve those you serve better. Culture has changed. Culture has changed, and we've made many changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've used it in family friendly partners network with over 90 churches just in the LCMS. And so, and this is like the third rendition working with churches, and this is an even more reliable, uh, statistically reliable uh, tool that really gets at the uh, parental needs, the marital uh, needs, um, all the different issues. And then Glenn added to that church worker satisfaction. So it's it's an amazing tool we've been using for a long time in the LCMS. Tell me more about how you've used it in the Family Friendly Partners Network. Was this specifically for all families of the congregations who were going through the uh, the Family Friendly Partners Network? Sure, it's a it's a tool that measures uh, spiritual health, marital health, parental health. Um, it gives you a great snapshot of family demographics, uh, not just demographics, but family demographics the number of married, the number of single uh, step families, so forth and so on. And what we did is we, each congregation um, launches this survey under our supervision, and they're trained on how to uh, get the data, and then we help them also learn how to read the data. So now they know what the people in the church uh, really are asking help with in their families, and so that the church can then be more deliberate in uh, delivering what's needed. Um, And so it's been a real great tool. Uh, So when we want to talk about parent education, the parents of that 
And we, we often think of family ministry as with children and parents, but it's family ministry as a life stage all the way from engagement to uh, older adults and their relationships to their families. So it, it surveys this broad band of people and by um, male and female and life stage, we get a clear picture of what it is they need help with in their families. So who participated in the church worker family needs survey? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. We, uh, working with Concordia Plan Services and also the uh, Office of National Missions, we identified three districts that uh, they thought would be a, a great pilot project. And we uh, worked with uh, the Ohio district, uh, the Kansas district, and uh, the Pacific Southwest district. So we have kind of a, a broad understanding in different regions. Um, and so that's where we focused our, our energy to begin with in the pilot. And we uh, had a great team established in each district and trained that team how to deliver and capture the data uh, for each of those districts. In these, and the the goal here is to learn from you know a portion of the the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod by looking at these districts, and then perhaps in the future uh, taking the survey even broader. Right. Yeah. This was the pilot uh, project. That was uh, very dedicated to these three, and the, as Glenn will help you understand, is that this only can reflect those three districts because we don't have a large enough sample to claim that it represents the, all of the LCMS. We already have two more districts that are wanting to pursue this, and we'd like to do it with about uh, another four to six uh, to get that sample large enough so that we can really be confident that this is a representative sample of our all of our church workers in the LCMS. What was... What was learned from this study in these three districts? What are some of the, the, the key points that were um, helpful that we gained from this? We'll, uh, we'll start with Ben and we'll go to Glenn. Well, I think one of the, I can just, and I'm going to really defer because Glenn is the primary uh, lead researcher in this uh, project. Uh, but I think one of the things that we really learned was the demographics uh, of who our church workers are. Um, and just to give you a, just a, a little bit, what we were able to do is kind of give a snapshot of what a typical uh, church worker looks like. Um, here's just a little bit of it. Um, typical respondent uh, born in 1962 around the age of 55, 54% female, 48% would be late boomer, 88% would be married, 19% would be married 20 to 29 years, 81% would be a parent, 40% of them have two children, 42% of these homes, uh, their oldest child is 26 years plus of age. And if you can begin to see, it gives this wonderful picture of who we're really focused on. Uh, and who the average church worker and their family looks like. Glenn, what did we 
What did you learn from this study that you think is helpful? Well, because I mulled this over considerably. I mean, I've digested this more heavily than many projects just because of my own life as a church worker and a desire to see those who follow uh, not have to kind of face the same kinds of learning curves. Uh, one of the things that I found that been touched on a bit was that uh, the demographic aspect allowed us to recognize that while we want to talk about a typical church worker, there are indeed many segments. Um, and that segmentation of being able to recognize that from within our classic understanding of church worker, uh, there's some discoveries. For example, uh, 7% of the church workers have never married. Meanwhile, 93% of of married, 89% are still married to the spouse of their youth. So that's an exciting thing to discover. Uh, We look at ordained and commissioned workers, and we find that two-thirds of the ordained workers are age 60 to 69, where with the commissioned workers, it's about half. And so we're seeing some dramatic transitions about to happen. Um, Churches don't like change, and yet... um, Many pastors and church workers are going to be looking at the potential retirement and what that means for them personally. But the parishes and churches at the same time are going to looking at the changes when they suddenly have a shepherd that they have been very uh, familiar with and uh, and have long relations with suddenly uh, looking at a transition in their own life and the parish going through that change. Uh, so that transition and that uh, period of, of generations, it's kind of like moving from uh, high fidelity, hi-fi being the newest trend to now Wi-Fi. And it's going to be a sudden transformation for the church. One of the discoveries that I presented was that in all of our, my conversations and the questions asked, that there is an unwritten pastor's manual. There is an unwritten commissioned church worker manual that sort of describes what is supposed to be done and how life is supposed to work that was in a sense presented in the state of the art at the times our church workers were trained. Uh, Now as we see um, the number of church workers that are under age 50 about to expand because of retirement, uh, we're gonna see some changes in how church workers are prepared of how this unwritten manual maybe needs to become a point of conversation uh, we also discovered that nobody really had someone that they could talk to about, so how do I face this transition? How do I go from kind of dealing with all the kiddos in the house to suddenly having the empty nest and figuring out how we do things as a church worker, a couple? Um, you know, one of the discoveries that we had was that of that 7% of church workers who never married, only 40% are under age 40. 60% are age 40 and, and above. And again, this is a segment of church worker life that really hasn't been attended to that, that well. Um, we know they're highly committed. We discovered that there are financial pressures. There are parenting pressures. Um, we know that 81% of our respondents uh, are parents of some form. But 45% of them are are now what we'd have to say uh, re- ready reserve with 
only 55% active duty uh, limits the parenting right in the moment. So there's a number of discoveries about segments within church workers that allow us to more carefully direct care uh, to the experiences of their life, the challenges that they don't yet have answers to, and, and to learn together how to trust God through those transitions. Well, it was, uh, blew me away, and I, I'm now teaching this. Like, you know, if you, if you want to have a lifelong marriage, uh, be a church worker, because out of the thousand church workers that we interviewed, 91% are still uh, married to the same uh, person that they were married to long ago. And so that's just an amazing celebration our church could really um, begin to celebrate. The other thing I, I love to ask is, uh, when you think of a single church worker, what age do you think of? And most people would say, oh, that's the young people coming out of out of college. And what we're finding is that that's not true, that like Glenn said, these are above age 40. These are our single, I would probably say, um, our best teachers in our, in our Lutheran schools that have uh, stayed single and are really, uh, you know, the, those wonderful, uh, fantastic teachers that are dealing with our children every day and loving on them. So it's just revealed a lot of things. And what happens is we don't think of them necessarily needing church worker care, but they're really a large part of our church worker population. Would you say, were there any discoveries that were alarming, Ben? Well, yeah, I think, I think what we found is that a lot of our spouses are having to do what we call the third shift. Um, and uh, there's this expectation in our, in our church that the church worker spouse, whether it's male or female, is just part and parcel of, of uh, the package that comes to our church worker uh, uh, life. And I think Glenn really explains it well. Um, and what we discovered is that how, how many percent of these are professional workers, Glenn? Well, 53% are themselves a church worker professional married to a professional in their own field. So for over half, uh, the spouse also has all of their other third shift um, expectations, even a desire for their spouse to be able to give some of that time to their professional responsibilities. More importantly, uh, inviting pastors, spouses to a pastor's conference to work on marriage means that half of those spouses are going to have a conflict in their calendar unless they plan this a year ahead. We yeah, have and, uh, we, we have just about a minute left before we wrap up uh, before we wrap up our conversation today, and I want to make sure that our listeners can uh, can find out more about this study too, if they want to uh, find out more about what was gained from this study or uh, future studies as well, how they can find out more about that. Is that information on the Concordia Center for the Family website, Ben? Right now, it is it is, but it's hidden, and yet they can get it through their districts. Uh, the district's uh, presidents all have access to it, uh, both uh, an hour or so presentation that we made that was live streamed, and then the written report. And so if they call their district offices, they, the district can make that available to them. 
Very good. The uh, Find out more about the Concordia Center for the Family as well at concordiacenterforthefamily.org. My guest today, Ben Freudenberg, professor at Concordia University Ann Arbor and director of the Concordia Center for the Family. Ben, thanks so much for being my guest today. My pleasure. And Glenn Gritzen, Congregation Family Services Managing Partner. Thanks so much, Glenn, for being my guest here on Faith and Family today. Well, thank you so much. It's my joy. It was a privilege to talk with you both and learn more about our church workers and their families and, and what, uh, what is significant as we care for them. Coming up in just a little bit, the Center for Liturgical Art is breaking ground at Concordia University, Nebraska. What does this mean? You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.